Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 3rd and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by Frank and Lunas, and this is our fourth season. Week one is here. We finally have actual games to report on. I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, shout Parker. He's one of our, our viewers. Parker suggested we lead off with the rookie report. Um, so that's, that's what we're going to do. And leading us off is, I feel like one of you guys actually liked him preseason. That is Puka Nakua out of BYU. He went off on the Rams in what was known as like the, I would say, Cooper Cup role, right? I, I think that's how I classify it. But he had 10 receptions for 119 yards off 15 targets, which is unheard of. I think Desmond Ritter on the Falcons passed the ball 19 times. Puka Nakua had 15 targets uh, for the Rams. So that is very impressive, very strong showing for week one. I'm sure he's going to be flying off the waivers if he wasn't drafted in leagues. Um, what do you guys think? Are we actually in on Puka, or is this just a sham? I kind of am, to be honest with you. I was going to say, especially while Cooper Cup is out. Uh, well, go yeah. on. What were you going to say? Here, here's my one argument, though, and I, I did not see this. I saw this on Twitter. I will say they've been kind of missing that player in that Robert Woods secondary type of role, a guy that can just kind of win one-on-one -on -one man coverage as a as a tertiary option to someone like Cooper Cup, who's like an actual dominant number one. So I do think that Puka Nakua can, can stay around. Now, admittedly, I think that person you were talking about was me because I have him in a, in a handful of leagues. I'm just curious as to what the price tag is on him right now, though, because I think he's one of these players that is in complete no man's land in terms of what valuations would be. Early second. Really jumps all the way I, up to an early second for you. I, I think he's an early second. I don't think anyone's going to move off him for anything less um, than was. Would anyone buy right now second. for an early second? I doubt it. I think there are people that would be willing to jump on a 15 target rookie receiver like that is it is pretty impressive for your first game yes. as a rookie I, getting 15 i don't know targets. i don't know ridiculous. if he broke like records or like most since like like super long ago now, you, you guys are making me do a deep dive here um yeah he had uh about half as many targets as sky Moore did in sky Moore's entire rookie season <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and Sky Moore was in early second, late first in his uh, draft. But yeah, if I'm pulling up like Justin Jefferson, <laughs> who had like an all-time rookie season, right? Like Justin Jefferson, I don't think had anywhere close to 15 targets in a game um, in his rookie year. Um, oh, it doesn't give me that breakdown. All right, I'll probably have to go to sleeper to do that. Um, but yeah, I 15 targets is not like a, to me, that's not really a fluke. Like that's a you. You're a good player if that's the case. Um, and yeah, whether or not it's all manufactured and that is like the Cooper Cup rule and and whatnot. Like even if Cooper Cup comes back, which who knows how long that's going to be. It seems like this hamstring thing is a little more complicated than originally thought. Um, I don't know. Like, are we scared of Tutu Atwell? Are we scared of Van Jefferson? Like. Like, are those the guys that are going to keep Puka off the field? I say no. Like, like these guys, we've seen them before. We kind of know what they are. Like, Puka, we've seen one game, and we've seen a 15-target game out of him. I just pulled up Jamar Chase's rookie season, which was, like, I think, rec record-setting. 
never had 15 targets. His highest was 13. Well, yeah, the, one thing I will say is that you're right. None of the other options are scaring me in terms of, oh, Puka Nakua is, oh, they're, they're going to like completely destroy him and he's going to be irrelevant because if Puka Nakua is actually that good, then he's going to get that many targets. And even when Cooper Cup comes off the field, I mean, it's Van Jefferson who's the one that's not going to get targeted in that scenario. Um, so, uh, listen, I, I'm, I really don't know what to do with my Puka Nakua's. My immediate instinct is to just sell if i can get an early second or maybe transition into an elijah moore but at the same time oh really an elijah moore just because dude i like elijah moore as a prospect is just a little bit crazy but you are right it's it's almost such an absurd first rookie game game like, yeah. it's like we have nothing really to like compare it to yeah, this maybe this might oh. just be the outlier, right? Like this might yeah. just be the outlier, and then if I hold, I might be able to get a first. Or he's like nasty, right? Um, so I'm very confuzzled. I think I'm just going to end up holding and and keep riding the lottery tickets. I'd probably hold. I mean, if I get that early second offer, though, like I think I would take it. But I don't well, know. Says who's coming a, that a two out. and a three. I'm offering a two and a three for Puka in our home league right now. Who has him in our league? Andrew. I think Andrew. Andrew? We'll see. This could be a terrible move by me. Because, I mean, look, if I if, if he doesn't accept my trade, Puka Nyaku is going straight to the moon. If he does accept my trade, I'm sorry, everyone. but He's, he's having gonna, like two yards yeah, for 16 yards. Travis Fulgham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to see him again. All right. But actually, speaking of absurd targets, uh, Zay Flowers also had a crazy target yeah. for the Baltimore Ravens. Actually, I'm going to pull up the um, stats for the Ravens, too, just so I make sure I get it right. But um, Zay Flowers easily led the Ravens in targets. Um, I think he had 10. Correct me yes. if I'm wrong, guys. As I'm and nine catches on the 10 targets. Yeah. Um, no one else was particularly close. Um, old water on this would be that Mark Andrews uh, was out. So, I, like, is that affecting your guys' opinion at all yet? On, on has this changed anything about Zay Flowers for you guys? Let me. Put yes, that a little bit because yeah. I think he's vaulted from late first territory immediately into. I'm. I'd probably need a first and a second to move, because okay. now I kind of want to hold. And and strictly speaking, I think. More so than Puka Nakua, but Zay Flowers and the person we're going to talk about next, Luke Musgrave, they just fucking look the part, man. You, you know, it's just kind of like your first game. They just look like they're fucking good players, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Zay Flowers is the only guy in that Ravens game that seemed like he was the reliable target on the field. It, it kind of, like, was a very disappointing game for Odell, Rashad Bateman's all right. It's just unfortunate because you expected Rashad Bateman to be, you know, a 20% plus target share kind of guy. Um, not that he looked particularly horrible. He just doesn't seem to be that dude. But Zay Flowers just seemed like he was head over heels, the best target on the field. And once again, even when Mark Andrews comes back, I still think that, what, Zay Flowers had a 42% target share? Yeah, he had 10 targets on 22 passes. He can have that, and it's still phenomenal. Like, you're still jumping for joy. 
right like yeah this was also nuts (laughs) this was also a team that i mean the ravens did not need to do much to beat these texans um lamar only passed it for 169 yards um but i thought it was encouraging that even like in kind of like the limited amount of passing yards like it's not like he had his production on a day like Lamar. yeah well that's what that's what i'm getting at yeah the this is like low level case. I mean, how many times are we going to see Lamar only pass for 169 yards um, in a game, you know? Uh, so there's room for an improvement. Like he could go up. I'm not yet fully pulling the trigger on Zay Flowers. Um, like I'm not giving up the first and the second probably yet for Zay Flowers. But if I had Zay Flowers, it would be much harder for me to trade for anything less than that. Um, so I think I agree with you there, Frank. But yeah, you're just not—you're no longer in the boat of oh yeah, I'll trade him for the random first. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he's he's uh, he's above the guys like Traylon and kind of those more questionable late first players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yo, Skull, if Pukunuku is on waivers, I would be doing one thousand percent of yeah. the fab. I would be trading for one more fab than everyone else has so that I can guaranteed get him. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's move on though to, cause we have so many different players yeah, to talk about. Players. <laughs> uh, Frank, you were just mentioning him. Uh, Luke Musgrave. He had a good game for, I mean, most of the Packers did to be honest, but Luke Musgrave. Yeah. We could get past the praise because like, at least if you guys think he sucked to go ahead, but he just looked really great. It matched everything that we had heard and saw in preseason, which is extremely encouraging for such a young offense. I'm just curious as to what his price tag is right now. Has he kind of breached the first round territory that, it, you know, not saying that that's what he should be valued at, but once again, like the people that have Luke Musgrave probably liked him a lot pre-draft and, it's only been up arrows straight up in the air for him. Um, as I'm trying to pull up trades involving Luke Musgrave in, in a in a realm where all the tight ends sucked last week. Like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say so. The problem is we were out without like the the main guys in. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, and then everyone else just is kind of irrelevant. Like, you're yeah, not... I saw, I saw a stat. It was like I forgot which tight end it was, but the leader in tight end with tight ends in yards this week was like fifty six, which was crazy. Yeah, across the league. Yeah, uh, this might be that year. You know how like we always refer back to. Um, oh, I can't connect to the site to look at trades. Um, we refer back to different like draft classes, like the Saquon years of running back class and stuff like that. This might be the tight end class because I think there have been a lot of good tight ends that have come out of it. Um, right. Luke Musgrave being one, we're about to touch on uh, another real quick. Um, I don't know. A first round pick still feels a little bit too much for me at this point for Luke Musgrave, considering that you could probably get some of these other rookie tight ends for that first round pick as well. And I might just rather pivot that way. Um I don't know, Frank, are you, would you give up for the first for Musgrave? I just think that he's got to be pretty darn close. Um, I mean, looking at the trade, so I see Luke Musgrave for Traylon straight up. Oh, man, 9-10, Luke Musgrave for Carderis Tony straight up. That feels so bad. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, Mixon and Musgrave for two seconds and a third. 
Musgrave for Mayfield a third and a fourth. When were the games though? These were on. This uh, was on. They're the on nine ten. Nine. Okay, so there haven't. There's only been four trades. Dalton Kincaid, J.K. Dobbins, and a first for Javante Williams and Luke Musgrave. I mean, these recent trades seem to be much closer towards the first round pick. Jared, like yeah. going for Traylon straight up. I still think that Traylon has a, a very slight argument for the late first round valuation. So that seems pretty fair for where Musgrave is at. Where was Musgrave going in ADP? I'm trying to find him. I think he was a late second or actually even I'm a talking third. Enough. In rookie drafts, in startups, he was a 13 rounder. Um, would you rather have him or Traylon right now? Like you were mentioning Traylon earlier, I think I'd still rather have Traylon by a smidge, but it's it's really close. And yeah. honestly, I, I'm not 100 percent sure in that. I'd have to really yeah. think about it. Well, Traylon was a six rounder, so or is a six rounder in startup ADP, so. It seems like there's going to be a hefty boost for Luke Musgrave, just simply based off that. Um, the first still feels like a lot for me right now. Well, a move, a move that I would honestly be considering. Now, I, I'm just not sure I want to do it because the league that I have Kittle in, I, you know, trying to really contend, but seeing if right now you could still get uh, Musgrave in like a second for Kittle or Musgrave in something for Kittle, if if someone's still willing to bite on that because it's so early okay. for Musgrave. Mm-hmm. You know, that person thinking like they're selling really high. I, I've just gotten to, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid too much. I just don't think Musgrave is going to fail anymore. Like, I, I don't really consider that as a, as a very likely scenario anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a solid rookie game. Um, and speaking of solid rookie games for tight ends, Sam Laporta also had a pretty good game uh, in his first game back or first game of the season with the Lions against the Chiefs. It was only five receptions for 39 yards, but in tight end world, in the grand scheme of tight end world, that's whatever. But for rookie tight end, that's first pretty darn good. Too. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's pretty darn good. I feel like I, I was encouraged by Sam Laporta. I, did not have high expectations for him going into this this week specifically, but this year as a whole as well. Um, and he already has has five targets on the season as a rookie tight end. It's just kind of been refreshing um, seeing these rookie tight ends get in immediately, start playing, and actually putting up numbers. We haven't truly seen that recently. Um, so uh, I'm also in on Sam Laporta. I think I'd probably give up a first for Sam Laporta before I did Luke Musgrave. Really? Because I'm on the opposite side of the coin a little bit. I'm not really huge into Sam Laporta because I think that he's a player that this is what we're going to see for the dawn of time is these five target, you know, four target, six target type games. And that he is he just doesn't possess the upside of like an actually top five type finish tight end without scoring a shit ton of touchdowns. Go ahead, Liz. I was going to say, I would probably value both at Brown a late first at the minimum. I lean JT side where um, I'd feel more comfortable giving it up for Laporta. Uh, I think he's going to be 
a dominant part of that offense. And I, I thought he looked good week one. And in general, I liked him uh, coming in. But, like, I think you can make the case considering, like, the tight end field as it is now. And then even, like, the few good ones that there are, like, um, Kelsey is, like, getting old. So he's going to eventually, I mean, at some point, eventually be kind of phased out of that top tier. Waller can't stay healthy, et cetera. Uh, I, I would think it's worth it. Uh, giving up the late first and tight end premium leagues for either of these guys. More so Laporta Musgrave, I can kind of understand, but. I see. I'm on the opposite side. I, I'm not giving up the first. Is it by Laporta. like a wide margin? I mean, I wouldn't say that. Not like, like a actual wide, price but, but, difference, like, not super like, wide. Com- but okay, if, I, if I'm going to put it in startup draft terms, I think I'm taking um, Kincaid and Musgrave like two rounds higher than I'm taking Laporte. Two, two rounds higher. Okay. It, it sounds a lot more drastic than it is. It's like that ninth round compared to seventh round, right? Going from Deontay yeah. Johnson to like Alvin Kamara, right, this year, which isn't crazy. Maybe more like a round and a half then. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we got the rookie quarterbacks I, on here. I mean, you guys have anything in particular you wanted to mention around them? Just real quick on the other tight ends. I also do think Kincaid looked pretty good. Uh, Michael Meyer, I'm kind of out on. Um, and then... Really I, out on? Well, I've just kind of already been out on him, so it's just confirming priors, and I'm not going to change yet. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand if you were already out on him, but like yeah. week one of his rookie year. No, but <laughs> I, it's it's actually it's he very, played like the entire game. Yeah, but it's very refreshing to see these. I, the, his problem though is, I mean, now Jacoby Myers is in concussion protocol, but Michael Myers is going to be uh, behind both those guys pretty pretty firmly. I feel like when they're both healthy in Jacoby and Devontae. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was refreshing to see these other tight ends all actually getting involved, like, right away. Like, it was, it was we had to be, they're checking the boxes, right? Because they're, they're athletic, most of them. They're high draft picks. They're getting targets right off the bat. Like, it's encouraging to see this where we weren't necessarily seeing that with many tight ends in previous seasons. Um, but, yeah, moving on to the rookie quarterbacks. I guess we'll tell, start off with probably who had the most impressive rookie performance and i would say that would be anthony richardson um feel free to disagree if you guys do he's the guy though that i so out on i want nothing one nothing to do with anthony richardson i'm not willing to change my tone completely yet but were you impressed it made me feel a little wrong already just in terms of like I didn't think they were going to be able to move the ball down the field with him (laughs) like and they were they were highly competitive in this game they were you know, onside kick or whatever away from really putting it on the Jaguars. Like they held firm against uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like that offense was able to compete against the Jags. Um, So in that regard, I do feel already a little bit wrong in terms of like, I didn't think Anthony Richardson was a starting quarterback in the league. And it looks like he probably is how good Anthony Richardson's going to be. And is he worthy of like that borderline first round startup pick ADP? Like, uh, I don't know yet. Would you rather have Anthony? This or both of you? Would you rather have Anthony Richardson or Justin Fields? Anthony Richardson. That's a different story though with Justin Fields. (laughs) Um, We we could get on that later. What Um, about you, Frank? I'm taking Richardson. I'm I'm I I might take Richardson. The thing about Anthony Richardson is. Like, we know what Justin Fields is now, which I, he does have that really exciting rushing upside when he's he's out there. 
but we know he's that guy who takes too long. He holds the ball. Frank has coined it in our uh, uh, group chat. He likes to play hero ball. Uh, I'm I'm worried about Justin Fields in that regard. Where with Anthony Richardson, like this could be the start of like crazy, just high output games, one right after the other after the other. Because if you remember with Justin Fields, we didn't see that right away. They were afraid to yeah. even use Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, whereas Anthony Richardson, we got the guy right in here where we are running him into the end zone. We are uh, moving the pocket, getting good throws. Michael Pittman had, I think, like 10 targets. Like he was actually throwing the ball um, pretty well. So it, it was a good game for Anthony Richardson. Much better than uh, if we want to move on, I'd say the other two, but specifically Bryce Young, I don't think really had a good game. Um well, one thing it I want to say is that I yep. just think that that Panthers team is a complete clown <laughs> yeah. fiesta. Ter- Terrace Marshall, I think, was his top receiver, which we've talked about Terrace Marshall a lot. And whether Mingo sucks or they just have no chemistry, he's not getting acclimated either, right? So yeah, there there is just no no one with talent to go with the ball to. DJ Chark, I think, is going to come back in week two, so maybe that's the saving grace. I doubt it. Um. Yeah, so I just think that this is going to be a really ugly Panthers season. And it stinks because their defense is all right, but it's not it's not good enough to just carry. So, yeah, it's just going to be a dud year for, for Bryce Young. And you honestly just hope that he doesn't get fucking hurt. Like, yeah, well. I, like I'm honestly, like, maybe this is a week one overreaction, but just play him half the season and sit him. Because there's you're not winning anything. There's no point. Like it's only for for reps. It's only for reps and playing for next year. This team is not going to the playoffs. And that division's pretty weak. But even then, I don't, <laughs> they're not going. I mean, they they didn't uh, give up their first last year or, or this year, right? Did they? That'd be bad for them if they did. Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, Bears, Panthers. Because I mean. I guess they because the defense is decent. If it, if they start balling out and they don't get any injuries, and, and they're they're able to start running the ball, maybe they can squeak in some wins and finish with like six wins on the year. They gave up their twenty twenty four first rounder. But yeah, was... I, the 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 Bears got that. I mean, good for the Bears because they wasted <laughs> one on Claypool. So at least they're able to get one back, and I think that's going to be a top ten. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should have, I mean, there's no point in talking about him that much, but Claypool is definitely panic meter on him. And it's just not been looking good. Um, and I think lastly, yeah, for these rookie reports, yeah, CJ Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, it's a rough performance for CJ Stroud, but it's not like anything completely crazy. He was at least able to get his receivers some decent production. So from a fantasy standpoint, Maybe you have some hopes for a guy, especially Nico Collins, for where he was priced at in the offseason. He could be a dude that's sneaky productive as like a flex play for a good amount of the year. Yeah, he's not one that I would probably invest in in Dynasty just because I think that he could easily be replaced. Um, But now it's like a little too late, right? Yeah, for this year, even, even now, I'm not sure what Nico Collins we're going to get. Like, are we going to get eight targets a week from Nico Collins? Maybe. The problem um, is, is that if Josh Palmer is on that team, he'd be doing the same fucking thing that Nico Collins is doing yeah. right now. And we just saw what yeah. happened to Josh Palmer. Yeah. Um. Well, 
Josh well, Palmer still really, technically the wide receiver three, but uh, I, don't, I guess we don't have to talk about this guy. It's, I was going to go into Damian Pierce. Let's get into the injuries. Okay. Well, obviously, like what we could have left off, let off with too, because of how big of news it is. Aaron Rodgers played five snap, four snaps for the New York Jets and tore his Achilles out for the season. People are talking about his career. I don't know how. I'm not going to speculate on that yet, but just brutal for the Jets. I was talking with Parker, who's one of our viewers, um, before the episode. To me, I think, and Frank, you and I were watching the game together. I think this team operated best when they were out of that two-back set, when you had Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook both on the field. I think there's a team where, essentially, if, if you're not Garrett Wilson and you're a pass catcher, you're done. I don't, I'm not looking for any, like any of those other guys, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman. I useless to me this year. I don't trust any of them to give me any points now um, with how this Jets team is currently constituted. So to me, I think this is a world where Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook can coexist. But when you see Brees Hall and how he's able to move on the field compared to Dalvin Cook, who's again tackled by safeties when he's nearly has a, a wide open lane. Um, I think this is clearly Brees Hall's backfield and this is who he's going to eat if he's healthy. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I completely agree because Dalvin Cook looked like he's lost a step. That First things first. I mean, maybe it was just that game, but he really did look like he lost a step. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that this team, their offensive line is so much better when they are downhill attacking the defense than when they are pass blocking and letting the defense come to them. I mean, you saw it with Rodgers, right? Yeah. That was probably not going to be a pretty game if he was playing. I think they no, still I mean, win. Some may say he gets sacked like seven times um, if he's there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So JT took a, accidentally took a bet on the, um, on the Bills to record seven sacks, which he was really close to getting by the end of that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this offensive line though, yeah, when they're paying pass protection, it was it was pretty gross. But well, like you said, Brees Hall, it's he looked phenomenal. He looked like yeah. in, insanely dynamic, I will say, making he, guys miss all and all three phases of of running, right? All three yeah. phases of the field. I will say I don't know if it's just his mentality right now or if he's just not fully back, but on that second run I think he had, I think a fully healthy last year Brees Hall, that's he's taking that to the house. He's not getting caught. Um, which is like the slight difference, I would say. But you know, maybe as the season goes on, he he feels better or whatever. And that, yeah, that I don't really care himself. about that to be honest. Though, I Look, think people too much I'll take I'll take that. another eight points. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. But he may have just been a little bit gassed. Mm -hmm. Um. All right, so that's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you I guess talk really about Aaron Rodgers. What to do with him? I think you're kind of just cooked. Um. Just if, and if the I problem offer you is, a is that third for Aaron Rodgers, are you taking it? The pr probably not. That's the issue. Right. So that there's really not much of a buy low scenario where mm. if you have him, you you're probably just going to keep him because if he does play again next year, he he gets catapulted into the late second conversation. So it's just worth holding for that. Unless maybe you you can get like multiple thirds, then maybe you consider that. But the backup quarter, like who they're going to go with now, 
let's just assume it's not Zach Wilson, considering they didn't want to throw the ball in any capacity at the end of the game. Is there any speculation ads you're trying to do for a roster spot? Maybe like a Matt Ryan, one of those free, because apparently they were reaching out to free agent quarterbacks. Is it worth trying to do a speculation ad, trying to nab a quick starter? I would assume it's Carson Wentz that they go after, right? Like, and he's, I think he's rostered, but either maybe he could be. Yeah, if we're talking about like, oh, like we're really throwing darts. Um, I don't think any any of those like random guys who are on the wire. Like, I think this player would come from another team if they were to do it. Like, I think they would trade for a backup if that's the case. Um, what is Mr. Trubisky still on the Steelers? Yeah, he like, is. Tarod Taylor. Like, it feels like some of so those, Jacoby Brissett. The problem I have is that all of these type of, and this happens with most of the players. This is why a lot of them are backups. All these dudes suffer tremendously under heavy pressure. And realistically, you're going to give up assets, unless it's one of the free agents, which I can understand, right? You're just giving them a contract. But trading for someone, yeah, Zach Wilson's a little bit of a meme, but are you really going to get significantly better production for trading for some of these guys? There are some dudes I think you can, but a I, lot of the guys that are being thrown around, like I really I don't just, think it's much of an upgrade. <laughs> I just need someone that can at times push the tempo, be a good game manager, and like it's third and long, I feel okay with him trusting the ball, right? Like With Zach Wilson, I don't think they feel that. I don't... You could tell by hard knocks and everything. They have Aaron Rodgers there. They're like, look, guys, our offense last year was awful. Like We were so bad. And they're, they're saying that right in front of Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson's in the room. And they're just like, I mean, it we doesn't take trash. a rocket scientist to figure <laughs> yeah. that out. But they, they clearly did not have any confidence in Zach Wilson before. I don't know if he's inspiring confidence in them now. Um, they but built see, a I better roster. I don't want a game manager, though, because the, the, the big problem I have with Zach Wilson right now is that he is unable to consistently push the ball downfield without turning it over or taking sacks. Mm -hmm. That's a problem because he's not Justin Fields. He can't run around for day. Like, most of the times when he's running around, it ain't ended up good, and that's a problem, right? So <laughs> He went, like, 30 yards backfield. Yeah, it's like he has guys <laughs> wide open, and he, then he's like, yeah, I'll run now. It's like, dude, God. Um but I need someone who can consistently push the ball down the field in, in the most shitty scenario. That doesn't really exist, but the one guy I do think that can do it, Jacoby Brissett. I think yeah. Jacoby Brissett, if you put him on there, I don't think that he's, he's the savior because I think he has a lot of his own problems. But well, Look, the way this team's defense is, you don't need anyone that crazy for you to win a bunch of ballgames. Like, if you get Jacoby Brissett, I, then... I think that there's a decent shot that they can end up a game over 500, maybe two, sneak in the playoffs. Maybe that division's shitty and the Bills suck. And <laughs> you never know, right? I, probably you'd have to pray for a wild card in a really tough AFC. Yeah. Yeah. Their goal, I guess, at this point is wild card. Um. Because, I mean, Minshew's another guy. Um, just considering the Colts probably expected him to start and then transition into Richardson. But at the same time, it's like, I just think Minshew ends up as a Mike white where, yeah, he makes some plays, but once again, he just, he's going to be a turnover machine more so than he makes good plays for you. 
Yeah. Look, my guy Trey Lance. <laughs> Cowboy <laughs> What was it? The Cowboy straight a fourth for him? Yeah, a fourth. Yeah. Give up a third. <laughs> hey Cowboys, you move up around for nothing. Literally just holding the guy. We'll take him. Maybe he'll win us games. Probably not, but we'll see. Um, this, is, this is a really tough injury here for so JK Dobbins yeah. also tears the Achilles. Um and running back out of that class next to Cam Akers to do it. Are are you buying low on JK Dobbins no. right now? No. He, the, it's tough, but done? it's uh, like done is a strong word, but I mean like a late third i'm wondering if i even give that up for jk dobbins at this point oh yeah geez i mean i would give up a late third because here's the thing right it's acl it's achilles it's just he keeps getting these lower body injuries he's not getting any younger who knows what his situation where he's even going to end up next year like like what he's doing with his contracts and everything um so i don't know who knows what kind of back you're getting you might just be getting like Latavius Murray, yeah. Skull said he sold for a third, and I would that, buy. I would buy him for a that's, third. That's I why would, I. I think yeah. right now is the time to sell him because people are actually like, oh yeah, I'll buy low on him. But I think as time goes on and like we're not for hearing third, from J.K. Dobbins, yeah. I mean, I think I don't um, know. If you're gonna offer it right now. Spot on him, yeah. In one of my recent <laughs> leagues, <laughs> I what is it? I do generally agree. He's there's a good chance he's cooked, um, because just like back to back knee injuries, it's that's like brutal. But um, I mean, for his low price of a third, for how talented he is, like I may, I may just take the chance on that. When you compare like third round hit rate to whatever chance you give J.K. Dobbins of like coming back to like decent form, I'm giving that such a low. I'd rather third round hit rate, or even if I could just pivot that third into like a a different veteran, you know, Mm -hmm. like an older wide receiver or something. Would Would you do? Would you do like something like? Like Dobbins in a third for a second, would that kind of be the trade you'd look for? Wait, like I'm giving up Dobbins for I'm giving up Dobbins for a third. Oh, you give up? Yeah, if I have Dobbins and someone offers me a third, I'm sorry, but I'm just trading him for a third. Uh, Now, if someone's willing to offer me a second for Dobbins plus a third, I'll definitely do that. But yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the the market's going to be. I can't. Imagine. I, there's some wacky trades. Dobbins yeah. in a third for Zach Wilson. Dobbins for a 25 <laughs> okay. second. Dobbins for a 24 third. Lawrence and Dobbins for Pitts and Purdy. Um, hmm. Dobbins in a third <laughs> for Justice Hill. Dobbins uh, for Gus Edwards straight up. Dobbins for a second. Dobbins uh, for Michael Wilson. So yeah, he's floating around there. Dobbins for Zeke. Yeah, Dobbins is. Yeah, I'm giving him up for a third. I don't know who's out here trading Zeke for Dobbins. Why, why would you, tra- unless you're, I guess, looking for zero max points? Like, I don't know why, why you're doing that. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm out on Dobbins now at this point. I just, and look, if he comes back and he is good, I think you'll still have, like, you'll be able to get him for not anything crazy. Like, I don't think there's any world in which J.K. Dobbins ends up back in first round territory. Yeah, and it's, it's like, I mean, the thing that's kind of working against him is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, next summer he's a free agent. Um, yes. So I don't know, like, coming off this injury, he'll probably only get, like, a backup role somewhere. Or, like, a committee where yeah. he's probably not the feature yeah, guy. He's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's not going to be a feature back. He's going to have this litany of injuries that's happened to him. Uh, age is going to be tough, too. Like, 
is there a world where J.K. Dobbins is worth a second again? Definitely, but I'm not going to hold him a whole year. I guess they can move him on the IR, but I'd rather just use utilize those assets in a different way than just have this guy sit on my bench and not do anything. Well, see, the issue is, is I'm I'm in a, I'm in so many of these fucking orphan leagues now. I'm like an orphanage just, out here. You'll take whatever you and, can uh, get. You know, they, honestly, the orphans are rough because I'm just donating money and and basically all of them right now. Um, but now, like, dude, what am I gonna? I can hold my thirds. I've got a slew of thirds in one of these things. I've got thirds for days. But like, should I just hold them for lottery tickets, or do I go for a Dobbins and then try to stonk that into a second? I'm just saying, like. Wasn't Luke Musgrave a third right uh, this year in ADP? Yeah, he was. I think Jaden Reed was a third. Uh, Rashi, yeah, right. Rashi I mean, listen, you can always go back third. and point out some hits, but at the, you, I can also that, throw as many misses. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is, like, there's there's decent upside in there if we're already talking about Luke Musgrave for first, whereas J.K. Dobbins, I don't think you're getting that chance. Like, I'd rather just take that random dart throw and go for that chance. Okay. I just keep keep my thirds, keep my keep, army. Keep 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 your army. Okay. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, yet. like you are right though, because that's part of the strategy is just obtain so many of those picks so you can overturn your roster with young talent. If you hit on enough, yeah, and you're you're out of the mud. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's our news and notes. Now let's get into beta great. Wait, half yep. a second though, half a second. Who's the who's the guy to own now? Right now, is it Gus Edwards? Is it someone else? Lamar. It's the person's not on that roster. Okay. <laughs> I, I, like, if this is a competing team, I think they look to get Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. All right, I was going to say, yeah, Leonard Fournette is going like, to be a Raven. The Ravens okay. usually will bring in like a vet. So we'll I can what... I can picture it now, and that's going to be great for my immaculate grids. It's going to be a nice link. <laughs> Dang Leonard um right, let's move into i haven't done those recently now you're making me want to uh beta great brock purdy is leading us off he did have a very solid game against your pittsburgh steelers right yeah we got fucking destroyed <laughs> i didn't know what was happening that game so like 49ers winning doesn't it was, it was like 20 nothing pretty yeah we, we, we just got just absolutely rocked and basically every facet of football there wasn't like a single thing that we did better than them other than maybe Friarmouth outplayed kittle that's the only position battle that we may have won <laughs> like i mean you guys you guys had i, I mean in my opinion the most individual good. player on the field like tj watt was fucking going crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. well that's tj watt he's like mvp just <laughs> going like nuts the on the field but like <laughs> the skiers are just getting smoked I was more so surprised about how Purdy did against their defense. So that's what I wanted to say is um, going back and looking at the game. First off, Shanahan, like we saw in the preseason, I mentioned a couple episodes ago. I don't know what he did this offseason, whether he went to a bunch of coaching clinics or spent way too much time in the film room. His drop back passing game is now pretty fucking good. What he did with the running game for all these years, specifically in Atlanta, right? With like, remember in the red zone, Devontae Freeman is just basically unstoppable going into yeah. his RB1 season. Everyone knows it's coming, but his run game is so nuanced and so good, packed with an MVP quarterback. And now you just have an unstoppable force. I feel like I'm now getting that level of nuance in their drop back passing game, which is a little bit scary, specifically because. 
Brock Purdy is not this world-beating quarterback. No. But the way that they were able to, for parts of that game, just not only utilize his strengths, but then turn his weaknesses into strengths schematically. Like, Shanahan was in his fucking bag, dude. So, like, coming into, like, the third quarter, there's a pretty big third down. At, I forget what the score was in the game, but they're up, like, 20 points. Yeah, they're in a good spot, but, you know, that's how comebacks are able to get started, right? Yeah. The entire game, this the San Francisco 49ers, all they do is attack the middle of the field, attack the seams, in-breaking routes, just being little merchants, putting it into the hands of their playmakers. Steelers' defensive backs are squatting on all the routes now. They run like a 15 or a 20-yard out, and Brock Purdy just, with great anticipation, hits it huge chunk. That defensive back is thinking, oh, shit, he's going to run the go now. This is the time they're trying to get me. And Shanahan, just so smart, takes that that disadvantage of Purdy. He kind of has to live in this short to intermediate world, taking that and creating a free 15 to 20-yard chunk play on third down on top of all this switch release in motion, putting so much stress on the defense. Like, dude, this 49ers offense is fucking good because that is not a bad Steelers defense. No, and it's not. Like, what does that mean for Purdy now? Because I was never a Purdy guy, but goddamn. Um, look, I'm the resident Purdy hater. I'm kind of gonna not necessarily go off track here. Um, I think it is what it is from Brock Purdy. Like, you're getting solid games every time. I think you're not getting anything crazy though. You're not gonna get like a, a you know league or week winning game from Brock Purdy. But I think week in and week out, you will get those 200-something yards, two touchdowns, hopefully no turnovers, which gives you, you know, 18 points. Like, I think he's a solid 18-point-per-game player, which is nice. Like, that's a very solid quarterback, too. Um, but I don't think, regardless of how great this offense looks and everything, I don't think you're ever getting much more th- than that from Brock Purdy. So... That's, is the price tag worth it? I think at this point, probably. That, that's what I was going to say with my question with in terms of just like great or great. Like what is the price on him or like, or even we could say like tier of dynasty quarterbacks that you'd put him in. Like guys that you'd have like him right next to. Well, well, he's above Kenny Pickett right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But are you putting him, him, him like... Him versus Mac? Where, where do you have him, him versus Mac Jones? I, so this is where it's tough my, because my I think like I can I can go back and make the argument for Mac Jones as a college prospect. And when you look at the Patriots games, Mac Jones really isn't that bad. He he played he pretty, pretty fucking well yeah, against the Eagles. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty good. But Brock Purdy happens to be on the Niners and Shanahan's that's, in his bag now and he's gonna give you points. Like <laughs> that that's what that's what I'm saying. Like it's kind of just a matter of circumstance where Brock Purdy's just and normally, I'm never the situation guy, but it's just drastically different. No, now drastically ever... different situation. I mean, the number one receiving threat that Mac has would be what? The board number, ultimatum. I, I would number, think number, the real number test five is... receiver in San Francisco. <laughs> what about Derek Carr? I'll take Purdy over Derek Carr. But, like, I'm not, ready to, Carr. I'm not ready to put him, like, ahead of, like, which is where I've seen some like online people have him online. Like I'm not putting him in the same 
tier is like like Tua and Dak Prescott. No, no, no. But not. what about okay, Daniel well, Jones? Pretty- I mean, these are two very different weeks that these teams had, so this could be recency bias. But yeah, uh, where are you going? I'm taking Daniel Jones probably. I think Daniel Jones. He just I, got okay. I'm definitely taking Daniel Jones. More rushing upside. He definitely has more rushing upside. I, I'm not going to take though. Daniel Jones there. <laughs> I still don't think Daniel Jones is good. But no, but so you, is is Purdy vaulted into first-round pick territory now, then? I mean, if we're comparing him to these guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're saying you'd rather have Brock Purdy than Mac Jones, and I think Mac Jones is probably in that early second range. Early second, uh, late first. Yeah, I think I think Brock he, no, is Mac, in Mac in Jones first. has been in that early second range. He, yeah, so I, you, I think— You're not giving up your Bro- first. Yeah, no, so I think Brock Purdy probably is— a, You could probably get a first for Brock Purdy. I'd probably I think rather right now, especially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have some that. trades to offer in the second, third, and 20 league. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather the first. Wrong, because he traded from last off to wait one week. He just like, plays well against your team. Trade him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the price. Don't of out me like that. All right, going into the other quarterback, though. Sorry, we just got to move along. Matthew Stafford. Is oh, he I doubt <laughs> I think that was the most surprising game of the weekend. I mean, besides maybe, I guess, like how bad the Cowboys beat the Giants. Because that was, like, I mean, we might talk about that later, but that was fucking insane. But that game surprised me the most. One, the Rams dominating in the second half like they did. But two, mostly Stafford looking as good as he did. Like, he's not watched. I thought he'd be completely cooked. Well, not completely cooked, but, like, marinated. Here's the one thing I want to say, though. the cap, And this kind of goes with Puka Nakua as well, and we're going to get into Tutu Atwell. The Seahawks' pass defense is not good. And I think it's specifically because of their linebackers. Like, you can kind of just abuse the shit out of them because they have they some got, good corners. But, like, yeah, I was going to say, they have one really good D back. And then I feel like I was two, watching I an extension of the playoff game where they just got fucking smoked <laughs> last year. I feel like I was watching the same game. It was just like, okay, here's <laughs> we're back in the first yeah. quarter. Yeah, I. Uh... Look, my whole thing about Matthew Stafford was his health. I never really had concerns about him being the player. But, like, if you're telling me he's healthy and he's able to, look, even if it is the terrible Seahawks pass defense, uh, I'm back in on Matthew Stafford if he's like I was. This. I was worried about how it would be. I mean, like, health in terms of, like, yeah, if he gets re-injured, sure. Like, that's obviously going to be a concern. But, no, I was worried about, like, even when, like, games are, like, he's healthy this year, that he just wouldn't be the same as a passer because of his elbow uh injury last year and like you would start to see like a physical decline but he looked great and with while missing cooper cup yeah that's what's really impressive but once again he's he's throwing the guys like i tutu owl's been there but he's never really been part of the offense that like tutu owl's low-key nice Tutu Atwell, one thing about Tutu Atwell that y'all were sleeping on we did this segment a couple years ago and it's one of my probably my favorite segment we've done on this podcast he fit the third year breakout mold, like to a T. He oh yeah, fit we, that we, shit. we should have done it. Do you know who else would uh fit, who fits that this year? Who do you think finishes higher the, by the end of the season, Tutu or Puka? I'm gonna bet Puka. on Puka Nakua because I think that yeah, Puka give me the Nakua, guy that fit like yeah, I know, but like I was saying him. before, I think that he's a guy that can fit that Robert Woods Warwood. If he can consistently win one on one matchups and Cooper Cup gets back, that's perfect. Because there's a clear need for that in this offense still. Yeah. And I think Tutu Atwell is specifically this third receiver to take off the top of a defense that's not going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. 
I don't so think he's Grant, good enough. Grant to Jefferson, kind of like, do we think he's cooked? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, is he gonna is he gonna fall to like wide receiver? Yeah, he's, four? He's not, yeah. There's just not enough of a role for him there. So you think he's gonna get definitely surpassed though by those other two? I'm not gonna say that. I just think that once again, like he's a Kendrick Bourne, right? Like he his upside is 900 yards, 800 yards. That's a fantastic season for him, but that's the best you're going to see. And for that Mm -hmm. to happen, it needs to be kind of by victim of circumstance. Like, yeah, Yeah. if Cooper Cup misses the rest of the year, let's say, then he can go and put up that season. If Cooper Cup comes back week five, no fucking shot, unless he surpasses Puka Nakua and whatnot. But I ain't seeing Van Jefferson get 15 targets. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's had three years to do that. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase went their entire rookie season about 50 targets. This is insane. Um, again, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm out on basically all of these Rams pass catchers other than Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup when he's healthy. Um, I, I like Tyler Higby as a tight end this uh, year. Higby, even when they're without Cooper Cup and you have freaking Tuto Atwell the second best receiver on the team, I Higby's still getting three targets a game. That's just what he is. He's a three-target guy. He's always three targets. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not buying into Higby. I think he'll get a little bit more. Unless he's that. in that one playoff game. <laughs> I, I like Higby if I'm getting him in as, as a throw in it. Yeah, I really liked uh, his price in, like, redraft leagues this year. Um, I mean, if you're telling me, like, Higby versus the price of literally free... I'll take Higby, <laughs> but well, after that, a late third potentially, but I don't know. I, You're yeah. kind of convinced like, me. I, I, would, I would give up a late third for Higby. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather thirds than Higby. So Alan third. Robinson. Rather Sorry, we just got to keep moving along yeah, here, man. Chugging along. You're the Steelers guy. What do you think? Mm. See, you this is what baffles me because everyone's, cl- you know, clamoring how well Alan Robinson played and he's back. I thought he kind of played like shit. I didn't think we're being completely well. honest. Like I didn't think he like I was surprised at how much hype he was. Well, look, Deontay hurt his hamstring. I think when Deontay's healthy and this team's got Frymuth also healthy because he he got hurt for a little bit too. I don't think we really see much from Allen Robinson actually. So I think even like while Deontay's out, like I would have zero faith putting Allen Robinson in my starting lineup. Uh, I think Pickens and Muth are probably just going to get both more targets. And then it's going to be split between some of the other receivers. I'm forgetting the name of the other guy, shorter or smaller. Calvin Austin. Austin. I think Calvin, Calvin Austin. Austin is going to get a significant amount of targets. Like, I think he's the, uh, the one that I think will kind of get like a nice Dude, bump. Calvin, I, I'm fucking pissed I dropped him in the home league. I like I him. Ran a ra- roster space. Calvin Austin is a good receiver. Yeah. This dude is a good receiver. Your problem I is more think, so. I actually think he'll outproduce Allen Robinson. You, you yes. Kenny Pickett Kenny, if, if Kenny Pickett plays like he did get the 49ers, he's cooks. Like, yeah, we're, uh, we're done. To, to we're, be fair, we're, though, we're yeah. Mr. Trubisky week, week six, then. All right, like, it, is the 40, it, is the, it is the 49ers. The 49ers so, defense is loaded. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not see, exactly. Okay, if we want to talk about is there any Steelers panic meter? You uh, Should I save my take for that? Should I just save it? Uh, yeah, I'll save it for that. I'll save Pickett it for that. I'll save it for that. Oh, yeah, we did put that yeah. off into the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Robinson, I think it's huge bait. Like redraft, I'm not spending my roster space on him. Dynasty, I'm selling on the hype. Yeah, give me Calvin Austin. 
All right, we kind of mentioned him when we talked about CJ Stroud, but what about Nico Collins? Great. He has a nice target share, but... If you bought into uh, Nico Collins, I think this is one of the best buys of the offseason because this dude could actually be good. I think it's he's, time to sell. He's one of, he's one of the guys I think was per- worth that price. At this point, though, I don't think I'm going out and buying him, and I don't think... I think he's going to be one of those guys where he's not getting moved a whole lot. Now. See, I say, I say, I say, I say easy bait. I would, I would uh, be shocked. Uh, I don't think. He's I just, good. I think he's okay. I don't think he's a world beater. I think if you could get, what do you think the price is on Nico Collins right now? Like, what are you trying to move him for, Lunas? Do you think you I can get that too? But there lies the rub. I don't think people give two. their second for him in most leagues. I would pro- I would give him up I think for an early third. Solid second for him. I-, I would give him up for an early third. Really, an early third. Yeah. I would buy I for an early I, third. I'm not giving up. I, simply for the production this year, I think like this guy could finish like wide receiver 27 pretty oh, I'd be easily. Could be finished in the top 35 or 40. There's not a huge difference between. I, I think Tink Dell is going to be catching passes. Like I think Robert Woods. Looked right. I think it's Nico um, Collins, man. I, I think Nico Collins probably will be the lead receiver. I definitely trade a third for him. I just don't think that's happening in any weeks. He's getting moved for a third. I think it's seconds, and I don't know how often that's actually happening. Um. All right. Uh, back to the Rams. Kyron Williams. Looks like Cam Akers might actually be done. Um, Cam Akers had the most disgusting stat line ever. I didn't look at it, but I do know he salvaged 22 carries for 29 yards. Yeah. And Kyron Williams, I'm going to just lead off and say, I think Kyron Williams as a whole is a bait. Um, But I think with this Rams offense, I think he could end up finding himself in the lead back area just because at this point, I don't know what to think of Cam Akers. I think this injury might have just been too much for him to overcome. Um, so with that being said, I think Kyron Williams will be okay this year, but I'm not going out and buying Kyron they're, Williams. They're polar opposite I'm trying to running mass backs. Off for him. Yeah, they are. <laughs> because Kyron Williams is consistent, but he's just not really amazing. Maybe he's progressed a little bit since since college, and I'm doing him a little dirty, but – I think, I think he's so. like, and he's an average at best. I I think currently under average, but at least he's fucking consistent. You know what, Kyron Williams, you're going to get every single Sunday. Cam Akers teeters between being amazing and being literally so bad you wish you never played him. <laughs> I think I think you're going to get a lot of that Cam Akers this year. I think you're going to get a lot. Um, and just... I think the the Rams are another team that. I'm surprised they haven't brought in a free agent running back. They still can. I mean, they're 1-0 in the division. I don't know what their plans are. Uh, They're not really a team that's known to. If they they string a couple wins together and they're trying to actually get Cooper Cup back, like, yo, we really running this? I think, yeah. I mean, if they can kind of push it together. Because the NFC wildcard spots are pretty open after... Whoever between Dallas or Philly doesn't win the division will have the five seed. But then the other two, I think, are pretty open. I guess you could argue Vikings or Lions, but I could see the Rams sneaking in there. 
Well, fact of the matter is, if I could pick a conference to go one game over 500 and bet on my chance at the playoffs, you bet your ass I'm taking the, the N- NFC. in the NFC. Yeah. So. Yeah, the AFC's so loaded. Dude, um, the, if you just have a healthy Aaron Donald, your defense is at least average. You could run <laughs> literally a high school team they've, with Aaron Donald. so and- <laughs> many low-round picks and undrafted guys on their defense, but like, which was, and then just Aaron Donald. And they were He's like. He's insane. <laughs> He's a monster. Uh, kicking it over to the Packers, we have Jordan Love, who actually had a pretty good game. I think he was averaging like five yards per pass attempt in the preseason. Turned that all the way up to 9.1 yards per pass attempt against the Bears. But is this just a case of it's the Bears? (laughs) And Jordan Love benefited from that. That's personally what I think. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. I I understand that, and I know the Bears have a shitty defense, and so it's like, oh, it's a... But like... I feel like it's encouraging to see, like, he did what you would expect. And you're hoping that just his first year starting that he can be, like, a league average passer and then kind of work his way from there because he's still young. He did what, like, he was supposed to do, which I think is encouraging. Like, it's like, imagine if he went out there and he struggled or, like, he's kind of iffy. Oh, then he'd be complete. Yeah, but, I mean, so I don't know. I feel like if you have him, you have to be pretty encouraged after the first game. Like, you're not doing victory laps yet, but... um. I think he's like starting to work his way towards like I don't know what is you consider his price right now. Similar to like what maybe a Mac Jones with early second. Would you guys? Yeah, I think right now he's yeah. in that like Purdy-ish territory. Would you yeah, have but I think Purdy? I think he can start to work his way towards. I think I'd rather have like, Purdy over Jordan Love. Same for you, Linus, or are you Jordan Love? Ooh, that's a good question because Jordan Love is also in a great situation, like good coaching. Like he doesn't have the receivers that Purdy has, but. They have I think really Purdy I think Purdy did exactly what Jordan Love did for the most part, but he's been doing it for longer. Right? Yeah. Like That's maybe it I, wasn't I'm as amazing, but I think Purdy's also had more like, you know, he's kind of done it at the highest level against some of the best defenses. I will say with these two, uh, I'm in the camp of they're just kind of that warm body that they they'll get you through the quarterback twos. I just feel a lot more confident in Brock Purdy doing it um, than I do Jordan Love. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't blame Jordan Love because I think the Bear, like, I agree with you. This is the Bears' defense is not good. That's a <laughs> yeah. bad defense right now. Um, they really need some serious help. And but well, like, you can't blame Jordan Love for just taking like they made it easy on him, so he made him pay. And at the end of the day, he at least was making the throws he felt comfortable in the offense. Matt LaFleur had that young offense extremely prepared, and they executed at a pretty high level. Yeah. Although the Bears made it easy on him. But, like, you could totally have seen them getting a shit ton of penalties, and then all of a sudden it's a game because it was a game for a good amount of the first half. It's not like they were blowing the mm-hmm. doors out off him immediately. Um. Yeah, I have nothing else to add for him. You want to do our last eight or great, and then we can move on to sure. panic meter. All right, it's Tyler Algier. He did score two touchdowns. Um, he looks really good, man. Tyler good Algier looks fantastic. Like, I don't think it's because we saw last season. Didn't he break 1,000 last year? He did, he did break 1,000 yards last yeah. year. I mean, listen, I think I'm completely wrong on Tyler Algier from, from my analysis on him. Like, this guy. Well, uh, one guy told you. He well, did. I, I, I can't mean, take a hit, and he's I, right. I can't take a hit. I, I have <laughs> Shout out to him. Falcons offense in general that we'll get to in the panic meter. 
but in terms of just specifically <laughs> Tyler Algier, um, I mean, I don't know. I think he's good because I guess like what people are paranoid that um, B. John Robinson is eventually going to become this bigger workhorse. But we've seen with Arthur Smith, their coach, like they're going to lean on their run game. Like, yeah, this this team is going to be able to be productive. And I think that's more of a worry for the receivers, which again, we'll talk about in a minute. But <laughs> this team seems like a team that's content running the ball 50 times, like regardless if they're down. If they're yeah. down 30 points, we're still going to run it a bunch. That's you just who they are. That's their identity. That's who Arthur Smith is. He was there in uh, Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Mm. They're run. They're a run first team. And when you have the quarterback, you do. It makes sense why you'd be a run first team. So I get it. Tyler Algier will have his touches. I I just don't know. I don't like the chasing of the last week's touchdowns when we already know who he is. Like I don't know what his price tag is. I, I don't know if you guys have any idea, but I'm probably not spending it. That's uh, that's the interesting thing is that he played really well last week. Um, and he, the problem is he's on the Falcons for a while, but you have to remember that eventually in Dynasty, his contract is going to be up and he could get a shot as a running back that may not have a ton of carries on him because he's splitting reps with Bijan. I so just if think you can he's... pick him up for a third round pick in the backup running back territory, once Bijan really starts taking over, then that could be a pretty like savvy buy potentially. In the in the third and twenty league, I was offered him for a second. I'm not paying a second yeah, for him. That's too much. It. I didn't take it. I I think like I'm just not that sold on Algier. But if you if you really were the way that I would want to approach it is that he would just be a slight tear down piece. You know, if I wanted to tear down receiver, um, or let's say I really liked Laporta and I wanted to tear down from like Kittle, I try to pick up Algier. I don't know. Or, or um Musgrave, excuse me, for for my case. Yeah. Approach it know. that way. I'm okay not having him. But let's move on to the uh, panic meter, and we'll start with the Thursday night game where the Chiefs receivers just were. There's no Travis Kelsey out there. They're pretty awful. <laughs> um, rookie, I always screw up his first name. Rishi, Rashi, Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice. He was solid. He caught a touchdown. I he think he was the only one who was like kind of encouraging. Yeah, the rest of them, Kadarius Tony, bad. Guy <laughs> more, bad. Uh, Justin Ross didn't really do anything. Um, Richie James, kind of non-existent. I think, um, what's his face? Your guy, MVS. I think he had one good long pass, but other than that. Him and Rice were the only two really doing anything. Yeah. I think they're all bad. <laughs> I, and uh, honestly, I, I, I Mahomes think... was out there balling too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Mahomes was kind of going nuts. I think uh, with Rashi Rice, I think that was kind of noteworthy. I'd be pretty encouraged if I, uh, if you drafted him. He probably went, he was going where? Like late second, mid second? Late second. Of, uh, rookie so draft. Almost so, early third. Yeah. So I think we'll see because obviously that receiving core is wide open. Um, but I would have been pretty encouraged with him just considering it's like his very first start. Um, well, not even a start, but his very first game. As for Tony and Sky Moore, I don't I don't know. I I, I don't want either of them. Uh, yeah. I like look, Tony Tony is not like at least he's getting targets. <laughs> like he's not doing anything with them. At least he's getting targets. Sky Moore is just kind of out there uh, running, running a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> he's just out there for fun. 
Um, and it's the same problem you had last year. Like he's getting on the field. He's, he's doing stuff for the team, but it's not translating into targets. I don't know. There's not a lot of hope I'd say at this point for Sky Moore. Although what I did say was correct. You could have sold Sky Moore during this off season for a decent amount more than you could have midway through the season last year when he was putting up zero points. Like you could have sold him for a second. Yeah, well, yeah dude, that's <laughs> the beautiful thing is that you, you Eternal could have hope. sold him. Eternal hope. It's the same thing with a lot of these receivers. <laughs> it's just eternal hope. Mm-hmm. I am a sucker for it half the time, though. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, would you trade these guys for thirds? Would you you're just holding now and are like, hey, it's not going to be this bad the entire time? Like, I don't know. This is, Travis, Travis Kelsey is coming back, so you already Travis know. This offense might be so bad that CMZ becomes relevant. <laughs> you mean CEH? CEH, yes. <laughs> I'm more for an early third. Tony, I might give like one or two more weeks. But I don't know, because even if Tony has a good week, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. Like, it's like we know he's capable of having like a random like 50, 60 yard game and a touchdown performance. He did it a couple of times, even just last season. But like, he'll have one of those games that you get sucked back in, and then it's like one catch with seven yards the next game. So I don't know. It's weird. What what would you guys give up for uh, Rice? Not so just much. like a mid-second? Like, yeah, he had a decent yeah. week. He happened uh, to be the receiver of a wide-open touchdown that Mahomes got him. to him as, like, the fifth read. Like, There's, Yeah, that, that's a guy. If I could get a 2024 second, I'm just going to trade him for the second um, and just hope that it ends up somewhere on the earlier side because um, I don't think he's going to amount to much. And, and I think the problem with Justin Ross is that I, I don't – I think he has, like, more Kendrick Bourne kind of upside than being a beast. Now, he might be able to come in here and kind of be a James Jones type of dude as, like, a slower guy, big body receiver with good good body control, right? That could be an element that Mahomes relies on, especially if I will say, comes back. That'd be nice. I will say at this point he's the most intriguing because uh, we don't know what he is yet. Because <laughs> he took a year off last year with his injury. Um, I think he had one target this year, this week. Um, and he does have that kind of like we still don't know what like if we could get freshman year Justin Ross. Dude, to be honest, too, I think I would look to to panic by um, Cardarius Tony. Oh, you're going in. I might check the What's, price on a couple I have more faith in Tony than I do Sky Moore. S- and I'll give Tony the benefit of the doubt that he returned week one when, like, coming off of an injury and people didn't think he was going to play, which I know injuries don't affect your hands. Um, that's who some people are I, I would rather Tony than Moore. I could say that. In terms say, of say, say you know that this year you have 210. Are you giving that up for Kadarius Tony? Mm, I mean, I'd be trying to get him for a third. That's the thing. Like I, that. I, I would want. I would want to give up something like a three-one-three-two. Um, I mean, I'd just be hoping to give a third, and fuck, it ends up late, and then I got him for a late yeah. third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy put up like literally negative performance. If you didn't yeah. throw him the ball, you had a better chance of winning. <laughs> it's so funny when you put it like that. You're <laughs> literally better off not throwing it to him. <laughs> yeah. With how that oh. game Moving on to back to the Ravens and their game. Um, Rashad Bateman, 
Now, to be fair, I think Lamar uh, Lamar threw it like 20-something times, 25 times. Uh, Rashad Bateman had three targets compared to uh, Zay Flowers' is 10, I believe. I think OBJ also had three targets. So yeah. Rashad Bateman. OBJ also kind of had a little bit of a disappointing game. Yeah, but um, it's not – he – OBJ is coming back from – it's been injury. like a, over a year plus. It's like basically two seasons. or I mean, it's one full season, but it's almost like two years since we've seen OBJ on the field. Um, Bateman, we expected to do something. And, I mean, three catches really? for – I would think so. If Mark Andrews, if you're telling me Mark this, Andrews is oh, out, oh, you meant you meant this game. I thought you meant like for like the season. Like, no, if if you're yeah, telling me Mark Andrews is out, rookies A Flowers and OBJ yeah, are your competition okay. yeah, for targets, and you're getting that's me fair. three targets. I don't know how it's going to look better. Like this team's going, going to, to pass more, four. sure. This, this this team's going to pass more for sure. But you're also going down the depth chart when Mark Andrews comes back. You're you're lower on the target list. Uh, I, if anyone's giving me like any tangible value for it, like now look actually let me let me backtrack there because i think rashad bateman is a good nfl receiver like i think he's going to be in the league for a while that whole thing i don't think he's going to be very good for fantasy i don't think no. he's going to like i think he's that's this is who rashad bateman is i mean you might get one or two good weeks where he breaks off 70 yards and a touchdown um but for the most part you're looking at four or five point weeks in half point PPR. And that's useless to you. That is useless. So I don't know what the price point is on Rashad Bateman, but it gets murky. Now here's what I'll say. And this is crazy for me. I I debate trading my Rashad Bateman for Puka straight up because Puka, he had 15 targets. I, I don't know what he could be. Rashad Bateman, I now know what he is. I've tried to excuse it excuse it every time. Like, yo, he had the groin injury right away, and he was a rookie. Last year, he had the, I think it was a Liz Frank or whatever. And, you know, it was just a weird season, and Tyler Huntley was there for a decent amount. This was the best chance for Rashad Bateman. He had the Texans defense, which is sneaky okay, but again, it is the Texans defense. He had no real competition for targets or at least what shouldn't have been real competition for targets and he got three so my panic meter is high it is high for Rashad Bateman I think it should be um I mean like I, I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall when they gave Odell the money they did and then they yeah they was, to me I think you could have explained that as a let me keep Lamar happy <laughs> play from yeah but still but then doing that and then also using your first round pick on another receiver. Yeah, that part, that part's more. I, it more so meant like the combination of those two moves where they just wanted a whole new duo. Um, yeah, I think the writing was kind of on the wall. I may have been lower than consensus. I mean, can you mass off him for a second? I don't think you're getting a second for Bateman. Yeah, I mean, would you rather Bateman or Bateman Tony? Bateman in a three for a two? That might be able to get done. I would I do think. that. I'd get any because the problem is that he's a gallop. And I have firsthand He's experience worse having a Gallup. I think I'd, I'd rather have Gallup. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, dang, that's a tough L that I'm currently eating on. All right. Because I really liked him. It's not, it's not even like he sucks. It's just like. Yeah, but I thought he was going to be good. 
Yeah, the thing is, dude, is is that that's another example of a player that you could have sold at points, and it's so hard sometimes not to when you believe in a guy. That is one of the few guys I actually did get out on in like a yeah. good time. <laughs> Most of them I just hold out. Um, yeah, but I, I think I sold him week one last year because I was like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, let me move on. I, I moved him for him in a first for CD. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but then I moved CD, then I moved Domino, <laughs> then I moved Domino. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's 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 wide receiver roulette on my teams. Um, okay. Speaking of wide receivers, though, the Falcons receivers. Desmond Ritter threw the ball 19 times. I think nine or 10 of them were to running backs. I believe nine of them were to running backs. One of them was to himself, and one of them was to Drake London. That is, that is what's going on. Matt Collins, I think, had four or five targets. Kyle Pitts had like another three. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be honest. Yeah. I'm still high just because Drake London and Pitts are so talented. And I know that. And even on the NFL level, like I know they're not, but I know they're both studs in the NFL if they got the correct volume. In terms of just for this year with this coach, I know Frankie said it's one game they didn't need to. Panthers suck. I get it. I'm fucking terrified. I'll say both real quick, Frank. Like production wise for this uh, season. I think I'm watching the YouTube. <laughs> I, I want to hear what's coming out of Frank's mouth here. <laughs> I, 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 I've I got the tinfoil hat. I'm going into battle. <laughs> this is like, where we buy. Oh, this yeah. This is where we buy. See, I talent think can... will prevail. <laughs> we always say talent will prevail. Now is where talent prevails. We buy. We stand firm in the face of adversity and in the face of no targets. And we buy. We don't care about the coach. We don't care about the quarterback. We fucking buy the talent. And then we sit there and we <laughs> go through the zero point weeks until they eventually become good. Can, can you give me like a little sword and shield to, as if I'm going into battle with you? Because I'm following. <laughs> we're, we're in this. or like a little okay, drum. So I'll mark this into battle. Real quick, the comment that I'll say. I agree with you guys in terms of I'm insanely high on the talent though. So the argument that I'll make to you is when I say I'm terrified, I just mean for this season, I think the buy period is going to be after this regular season. No, like the buy Pitt, period is right now, Lunas. This is, this like is the buy. This is, you think the buy is, you the know, buy is like, now. I would do like a side bet. We could take like their combined point value right now versus what it is after week 17. Here's the thing. I think Taylor Heineke steps on this field. I think they're fine. <laughs> like we saw oh, Taylor Heineke. Oh, with, yeah, like, there's a QB change. Yeah, Heineke yeah, better. I think they're fine. <laughs> like so, yeah. I think I think they'll be worth more. Here's the thing. Close. Yep. Here's the thing. We can say Arthur Smith all we want. AJ Brown was able to do it when they had a competent quarterback and a good offense. I think that the Falcons could have a good offense. Maybe Desmond Ritter at some point in his life is able to throw the ball to a receiver. And I think like we saw the two headed monster offense with Corey Davis and with AJ Brown, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are that kind of duo. They could be just as good as them. They are them like Kyle Pitts. If you go back and watch that game, Kyle Pitts was fucking open like all game. Oh, yeah, oh, he, yeah. Had a, he had a huge play on, like, no, I'm, I'm still, I'm still super high on the talent of those two. No, I'm just worried about the situation, just for this season alone. Did, I still know Pitts is a fucking monster. I'm still just as high on him. I know Drake London is a stud. Did, did you see uh, Kyle Pitts shake your boy, Jeremy Chin, Frank? 
Yeah, I did yeah. see that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty sick. Um, yeah, I I'm not panicked at all. This is a zero zero panic on on even I mean, for this season. Like you feel okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt Collins. I guess I'll panic even though he has. Dude, like you just put on your tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah. I still like them both long term. This season is what I'm worried about. Or as, uh, well, as long as Desmond Ritter is their starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I look. This is a team that should be competing for the playoffs. Um, with how weak the division is, um, I think it might not actually be as weak with Baker being pretty good and the Saints obviously being solid. But I think this is a team that should be competitive. They're a good team on their own right, just without the quarterback position. Um, so no panic here. I think they, they might switch to Taylor Heineke, though. Um, DeAndre Swift. This was interesting. Ken, Kenny Daywell was the lead. Now, look, you're also, going into Kenny the game. Healthy scratch. That's what I was going to say. You're going into the game. You hear Rashad Penny's a healthy scratch. You're thinking, okay, this is good for DeAndre Swift. He's probably the lead back. If he's not the lead back, he's definitely going to get a ton of opportunity. Didn't really happen. He, 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 ran, he ran a bunch of routes, didn't really get targeted on the routes. Um, it was mostly Gainwell's job. This was DeAndre Swift's first game on the team compared to Kenny Gainwell having three or four, three years, I think, on the team at this. This yeah. is his third year. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could go there, but so panic meter for you guys. So you're the Eagles fan. Yep. Yeah, I'm not fully there. I I remember so during training camp, I think I said this one of the later pods during the summer, kind of a warning about Penny about how Gainwell had gotten the most snaps with the first team offense in training camp was Swift very close behind him and there was a tear break after those two when it got to like Boston Scott and Penny so I was originally pretty worried about Penny so the healthy scratch wasn't too surprising um especially because they use Boston Scott as a returner as for Swift himself the Sirianni did say right after the game that it's unacceptable that he only got one touch and that he'll manufacture more touches for him but I think it's like so I, I think he'll be better but I do think Gainwell is going to be the one who gets more touches on a consistent basis. At least it's kind of how it seems. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I think the Eagles offense will be high scoring enough where Swift can still be a flex play. I don't think it's going to be as big towards Gainwell as it was this past week. And it's going to be an offense that scores a lot and runs a lot in the second half. So I'm not, I'm not fully there. I want us to see another week because New England's defense really threw off the Eagles offense. I thought they did a really good job of just stopping everything that they wanted to do. And the, Patriots front seven is actually really fucking good. I haven't seen the Eagles defense is legit, dude. I legit, I, I, all of last season, I didn't see the Eagles all line get pushed around like they did week one against San Francisco. In the red zone, like once they got within thirty yards of the end zone, it was just lights out. Patriots, like once the Patriots defense didn't have to worry about that top on the defense, they were going crazy. Yeah, and like, and even when they had it on their own side of the field, the number one thing the Eagles, I mean, the pet, uh, Patriots did was take away the run game and deep ball. And then it like made the Eagles offense like malfunction. And then I haven't seen Lane Johnson get work like that. In that and uh, that was that was without Jack Jones, too. Was, yeah. Uh, Jack Jones. Yeah, looks, no, the Patriots defense looks sick. Um, so it, it was like a, it was like a weird week. I, that's why I say I'm not fully there. I'm really interested to see, though, how it goes against Minnesota. Because Minnesota is a game he should have a decent game against. Well, all right. have a good game against. Let, let's let's stick with that um, and the Eagles' offense, and then we can move to the Patriots too in a second. Um, Dallas Goddard, 
I think he put up zero points, if I remember. Not panicked yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Zero panic? Lift zero. I was like in between. Goddard, I'm not panicked. Uh, we were talking about pre-pod. Devontae Smith last season, the first week, had zero catches. Obviously, Devontae Smith is different because he knew he was always going to be the number two. Goddard will be the number three. But I thought Goddard was more of a victim of the Eagles offense just being haywire in general. Like, Hurts didn't have over 200 yards passing. Um, they only had one offensive touchdown, and it was on, like, a short field. Um, I think the Eagles offense is going to normally be better on a week-to-week basis. Right. Than, uh, I, think that, I think that benefits Goddard more so than anyone else of the running backs. Yeah. Like, no, no, Goddard, yeah, because he's, he's going to be, like, the red zone threat and target. Uh, he had a really good camp. He was, like, catching a shit ton of touchdowns in camp. So I'm not – I'm not worried about Goddard. The problem, problem I have, really quickly though, wait, are you going to say something on Goddard? Yeah. Okay, go on on Goddard. Uh, so my problem with Goddard is like going into the season, like he's ranked around Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Dotson, Zay Flowers. Like these are all players that he was ahead of, Amari Cooper, um, even your guy, Miles Sanders, Lunas, Deontay Johnson. I just like, I get it. He's a tight end. But I think with Goddard, like I – I don't think we're getting difference making tight end numbers from him. I mean, you might get a couple good weeks here and there where it's like, oh, he actually did put up 12, 13 points. But for the most part, I think you're only getting really eight point performances from Goddard because I don't really see him scoring many touchdowns. He didn't do it last year. This team's gotten more threats uh, this year. So to me, it's... I'm 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 high I'm higher because I I don't think in the pecking order has changed between this year and last year and I think the Eagles will have more passing touchdown I I, I think he'll end up having a really good season I, GT, I, will I think I think you're undervaluing how really good your your defense is in New England yeah no that the Eagles, oh, no, I, I think it's absolutely like, I think I think it's a very good defense insane. the Eagles yeah, offense week one played worse than any week last season yeah I, no I think it's a great defense. But I'm regardless of what defense they're playing, you're the third target on the team with Jalen Hurts who likes to run. Yeah, see, the thing is, I don't agree with that statement. Regardless of the defense you're playing, that is the reason. That like I, that's you the reason play he got any zero. other defense. <laughs> sure, that's the reason he got zero. Else, but maybe next week he, gets he scores four. ten points. Like I, I, you're saying his floor is eight points. I think his floor is more so twelve points. So you're me pull up stats because i don't think that was his floor last year i mean last year we're looking at in this is what ppr for um tight ends PPR, tight end premium. yeah 9 13 11 12 17 4 12 24 9 out a bunch 9 7 10 so i don't know maybe nine Split the difference there there's a lot of nine those, those last three weeks was when like jalen hurts was hurt um with the shoulder yeah. thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm still high That's on That's full-point PPR? Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. I thought he was better. He he was only a top-five tight end twice last year. Damn. Gee. I might be wrong on Goddard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Look, I think he'll give you consistent production, but it's like 9, 10 points, which in the tight end world, I'll, I'll give you 10 think, points. I'll I give you 10 so- points. In the tight end world, that's normally be a guy that can consistently get you like the eleven to thirteen. Because with Jalen Hurts last year, he only had one game under. Yeah, I mean the the benefit that he's giving you is he's giving you those consistent ten points. Whereas someone like uh, other tight ends, you'll you'll be like a twenty point week, then like a two point week. Well, for the most part, you're getting like yeah two point weeks from like a Chigo Conquo or uh, 
you know, Greg Dulcich or Dalton Schultz or Cole Komet, you're getting like two or four point weeks. Whereas Dallas Goddard, he's consistently giving you those nine to 10 points, but you're not getting those. Like there's what I'm looking at. I'm saying I think he had had two games over 15. Like, I think his average by the end of the year is going to be around like 13 to 14 a game. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I, all I'm saying is, like, with before making a lot of hot, the Eagles' offense look was really off. So I, I'd give it even just yeah. They looked they looked rusty. They looked rusty. Thursday and it was um, yeah, where Belichick had all off season to get ready for that game. Uh, yeah. So I I'd wait for this Thursday to make any like big things about the Eagles' off because I think the Eagles' offense should go off against Minnesota. Um, flipping to the other side of the field, Juju. Basically wasn't playing uh, in the two-man drill offense that the Patriots were running. It was a lot of Kendrick Bourne, Kayshawn. Yeah, I'm on panic with Juju. Oh, honest. yeah. I definitely am. I, I was saying it earlier. Yeah, Juju no, wasn't getting targets with the Chiefs. Yeah, We think he's going to get tele- – like, like he, he wasn't doing much with the Chiefs wide receivers, and he had Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Now he's got Patriots receivers who still aren't good, but Mac Jones is a quarterback. Like, I don't yeah. see him improving, and he, he didn't. I actually yeah. had like an okay week for Juju standards. I think he put up like seven points and half point PPR. So yeah, yeah I think that those I, rookies are going to get more snaps now. As yeah, Demario Douglas and Kayshawn. Even uh, like someone like a Tyquan Thornton. Um, uh, Kayshawn, dude, he 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 had a couple. Like it's annoying. He it's just needed to get his foot in that. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like, come on, dude. Kayshawn um, was. I thought Kayshawn was fine. I was obviously yeah, he he was fine. Foot obviously the, the other toe drag stuck. But with Juju, um. Yeah, my, also like the knee thing scares me. Um, I, don't, I don't know where that came from, but sure. Yeah, yeah. but it's just like the like right before the season started, it's like yeah, his knees are taking time bomb, and then it's like whoa. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm out on Juju, but I don't even know what you're getting from him at this point. If I could get an early third for Juju, I'd probably sell at that. I think I, I would. You're getting an early third. Yeah, but I, I, would. Say, I don't even know if you're getting that early. It's the third. Same thing with like Bateman. It's just like these guys are just not. I'd rather Bateman than Juju though. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather Bateman. Because I know his knee's not like taking time off. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but he's been injured injured every year, whereas Juju has not. Um, okay, now back to your team, Frank. The Steelers' offense. Um, yeah, I'll let you go, Frank. Look, I'll put the caveat real quick, Frank, and give you a way out. They're playing the 49ers, who are probably yeah, dude. We just kind of got destroyed up front. I think it's as simple yeah. as that. Everyone wants to like go crazy on it, like, dude, we just got bullied up front you can't do anything so i, I think that Najee in the run game is going to bounce back i, I think we're going to see are you see... concerned about the split there with him and jalen warren not particularly because i just think Najee to me is just a better running back than jalen warren if you give jalen warren a bulk of the carries i'm not sure he's as efficient as he was last year i also think not Najee was in a little bit of a funk last year he needs to get back to like being a physical back dude you're freaking huge just be physical i think he's kind of realized that but i i it feels like the steelers are going to come out here and get want to start running the ball because clearly trying to air it out we were just getting absolutely fucking destroyed we couldn't do anything well your problem was i feel like you went down 20 nothing real quick and then trying to come back from that is just against that, you know, Bosa and the, the 49ers defense. It's not very feasible. So you kind of just, you dug that hole and you were just stuck in it. 
but we, um, we've gotten creamed week one a lot of times <laughs> like, i think that well i don't think it's just, i think like they're your home opener you're like one in six or something in the past yeah it's <laughs> so, just, i don't know we're, we're not a week one team <laughs> i don't know you, you can't you panic guys, too much you guys last season week one that game was electric yeah against the Bengals. yeah yeah that was nuts <laughs> that game was crazy yeah that's another team that uh, that was one of the most energy we, we, we kept them yeah we kept the Bengals off the panic meter because i don't think anyone's truly panicking about the Bengals yet um and i'm not like i'm not like going nuts and panicking over kenny like yeah he had a bad game but i like good quarterbacks will have bad games every once in a while he needs to bounce back and 49ers defense will make your quarterback mm-hmm. pretty, yeah yeah uh next up christian kirk also not really panicking a ton. I Are think you not that, worried? I was I was kind of annoyed when I saw that his snap count wasn't great. That's what I was going to ask. That was more so the thing, because I'm not overreacting to one game in terms of just like like actual production, but I would like for him to have a higher snap count and percentage because uh, he was pretty much like even with Zay Jones, um, who's the number three there. So I think, I mean, I think he'll bounce back. He's a really talented receiver. He already has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, and it was kind of the Calvin Ridley show week one. Uh, and as they go against teams that have, like, a better top corner than the Colts, who will just try to take away Ridley, I think you'll see more of Kirk uh, Kirk's production. So I'm, I'm not I'm not panicked, but I was, like, kind of annoyed at that snap count. But I want to see how it looks over, like, two or three more yeah. weeks. Zay, Zay Jones had 20 more snaps than Christian Kirk and yeah, like, more targets. I, I, yeah, uh, the targets don't. I don't think it's a big deal, but like the the snap count was kind of weird. But I'm not. I'm not there yet. I well, the problem is, is that panicking right now to me doesn't make sense because I I just don't want to sell him for a second. Like I much rather keep Christian Kirk than start selling him for a second right now. Okay. Um. Uh... Uh, that's an interesting. I don't know. I might trade him for a second. See, if I'm a contender, I am buying Christian Kirk for a second right now. I think he's completely worth the risk, and he's on a fantastic. What offense. about you? I feel like you've been a Zay Jones guy in the past. Like, would you go out and buy Zay Jones? His touchdown was sick. I don't think I'm buying him though. I the problem is, I, I, I can I get him for a third? I don't think I can get him for a third. I I don't know. It's weird. Might be able to. I feel like he might be able to. If I can get you... him for a third, I, I think I am buying because I like, like Jay I th- Jones. I think, I think he's worth the value at a third. I just think it's like, are you ever going to feel comfortable starting him? I started him for a yeah, lot of last he's, year. He's, he's, a, he's actually a solid flex player. Last, last year when he was like the number two, I'm saying like this season. like say, He still might be the number two. I don't he know. still <laughs> might be the number two. Like, <laughs> he might be. I don't know. And this might know. be one of the best off, passing offenses in football. Here's Trevor Lawrence is going yeah. nuts, dude. No, yeah, no, okay. I well, I was like, uh, someone had like a film thread on a, a ton of the throws that Trevor Lawrence made week one. He's fucking insane. Yeah, he's crazy. Like he's, I, I think he's already kind of like entering that like Herbert uh, tier of quarterbacks. Like, like I just top think five range where you get like Herbert, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Like he's right there. Trevor Lawrence is doing both like those deep laser throws as well as he he has good touch. Whereas someone like Herbert just lasers everything. His touch throws are are kind of rough. Yeah, and it, Trevor you know, Lawrence he's just fucking insane, man. Trevor Lawrence is entering oh. the top five conversation. Yeah, I think he's going to be like obviously Mahomes is in his own tier, 
And then there's like that second tier, at least what I consider to be like, just kind of like the Burrow, Allen, Hertz, Herbert. I think he's, for me, I'm, I, I'm comfortable putting him in that second tier, but I think other people are going to recognize it soon. Um, here's the thing, though. Would you trade Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, um, what's what were we talking about this episode? Nico Collins. Um, I'm missing one, though. Bateman, Tony, Collins. We literally just talked about him. Oh, Juju. Bateman, Tony, Collins, Juju. Would you trade any of them for Zay Jones? Straight up? Oh, yeah. Um, Which ones? Bateman. Bateman. Juju, obviously. Bateman and Juju, yes. Nico Collins and Tony, I would have as the two top out of those four. Um, Nico Collins, I think that they're basically equally valued. Uh, if you're a hard contender, I'd rather have Zay Jones value-wise. I guess Nico Collins potentially has more longevity. I think at most scenarios, I, I'm a contender trying to buy flex points. So give me Zay Jones. Okay. Brother, Zay Jones oh, is uh, it's tough because I think Nico Collins just might get so many fucking targets. Zay Jones was ranked multiple rounds behind all those guys, ADP-wise. Um, so it might be a good pivot option. If you're looking, you know, maybe it feels bad trading Bateman for a third. Maybe just trade him for Zay Jones. I don't know. Um, okay. It's not a sexy move, but I think it's one <laughs> that just gets you good points. Yeah. Uh, lastly, the Bears. Uh, this one I wanted to touch on because I think I like him coming into the season, but I'm already ready to hit that panic button. It's Khalil Herbert because I think this Bears backfield, Khalil Herbert being the incumbent, and it's should, not like we had a coaching change. We, yes, Liz? I was going to say because I was looking at the next news, we should just have a whole like thing now about the Bears running back one, wide receiver one, and QB one. Because I've seen panic on all three of them. Well, I think the okay. reason that I'm panicking on Khalil Herbert is because there's going to be a new RB1 by the name of Roshan Johnson. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I almost wore my Texas sweatshirt because I did beat Bamba oh, too. Texas the, is so bad. I saw the, the snap count for each said you sent JT and how Roshan ended up with the most. I want to see how those kind of played out throughout the game, and if Roshan, well, Roshan was, was definitely later on, he was definitely the, later yeah, on. Yeah, like once they were but down, like thirty-four, seventeen. Khalil Herbert was the incumbent. I really expected this to be Khalil Herbert's backfield to start, kind of like what we saw with Tony Pollard. But the difference is Tony Pollard. I mean, Khalil Herbert's not as good as Tony Pollard, and the backups on the Bears are significantly better than the backups on the Cowboys. Yeah. So, I think this is truly going to be a three-headed backfield where maybe one emerges, but at this point, I don't feel very confident at all that that person that emerges is going to be Khalil Herbert. Like, I think the yeah. other two would be more likely at this point than than Herbert. Um, so I think it should be Herbert, but it is also notable that, like, this coach and GM, he's the one running back that they didn't bring in themselves um, out of the three. <laughs> Dude, I just think it's as and simple as good. we saw all three of them get the ball, who is the one that looks like the biggest, baddest dude on the field that you don't want to fucking tackle? It's Roshan, Roshan. Johnson. Roshan. If I'm I a defense, Roshan. I'm hoping you give it to one of the other two guys. <laughs> so then I want to give the ball to Roshan more. Yeah. I think he gets more touches as the as the season commences. All right. I like. I appreciate that you you turned that into a panic meter on Khalil Herbert into let's pump uh, Roshan Johnson tires. So, <laughs> um, um, Justin Fields and DJ, DJ Moore, Moore, I am not panicking on. 
once again, like, yeah, it was not great for Justin Fields, but I feel like I'm being the only person rational about the situation. I, I will say there's a lot of people that have gone over the top. Like, I'll this is his, what is this, his second year? Third year? Third year. Third yeah, year. Okay, I, I so it's third I year. So he's I, going through his Daniel Jones phase right now, where he just Jones still thing. hasn't figured it out. Daniel Jones' his third year beginning of the season just had not had it figured out. The tape was so ugly. But then he kind of did. And honestly, it might take another coaching change, but I, Justin Fields is dynamic. I, I think he, it will take another coaching change. Like, he just needs to make the easy plays. He needs to just get comfortable making the easy plays. Like, he needs to, to do what fucking Lamar does every once in a while. Just chill in the pocket and make a handful of easy throws. But the other thing I'll say, though, those wide receiver screens that they were calling – were really fucking that offense. They none of them worked. Did you guys the see the videos? Of it was just Chase Claypool just decided yeah. not to block. Yeah. Fact: Why you can't figure that out during the game that this guy is literally not blocked? How many times are you going to call a play that puts you behind the chains yeah. and you keep fucking calling it? <laughs> like, yeah. No. Here's this is my problem though. Is like, do they just not trust him? To throw it down, because his his average depth of target. They didn't let him. They didn't let him throw. Just they didn't him, let him throw a deep. Just one. run the ball. Just hand it to Roshan. Why are you calling a play where you have someone not blocking and it's like just yeah. not working over and over? I, again? Like, I don't know, <laughs> but so I think I think they're they're these are smart people. They're gonna look at the tape and see, oh shit. We're, we got to get this guy out of here, and we're, we got to stop doing this. You know, we're going to fix the fact that we were calling a play that was literally a guaranteed negative play, and they're going to be back. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, oh, I think it's going to take Moore. a couple weeks potentially, though. I think it might take like four weeks, and then he'll figure it out. I and mean, it's kind of what happened last year. Uh, DJ Moore, you said no panic. Yeah, it's just probably going to be another floor DJ Moore season. Yeah, this is like right? just over a thousand. He he is like the king of the what if of like put him on like a team where they're willing to throw him, the ball. Him and, him and McLaurin, I think. But Justin Fields yeah. has a deep ball though. It's dude, like yeah, what but is they're not willing to throw there, the ball. Man. The they're team's not, not willing him, to throw. Which is why I mean, you brought the coaching changer. I wish he had more of like an offensive-minded head coach. I like never hired a defensive guy, uh, and I didn't like their play calling with him. They didn't really have any design. Justin Fields runs too many screens. Like I wish, I don't like. I wish he had the coach that um, Jordan Love had. Like if he had uh, Lafleur coaching him, yeah. Um, I still Justin believe in Fields Justin is Fields. So dy- dynamic, man. He's just he's good. Yeah. Like I don't know. And we saw his deep ball in college, like with Tim Olave, JS. Like his deep ball is nice. I don't know. I wish he had a different coach, but we'll see how the season plays out. Uh, last couple items to note. This looks like a Frank ad if I've ever seen it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would something. be picking up Calvin Austin off the waiver wire if he's in the waiver wires. I mean, any I other? Would, how much? Uh, this is, I guess, like the kind of more. How much fab are you dropping on him? Thirty-five percent. I feel like he's super under the radar, though. Like, are people are people actually going out of their way to pick him up? Realistically speaking, because I'm I thinking like be. I'm thinking like in the priority of what people are trying to add. I'm guessing Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon are probably near the top of that list. 
Justice um, Hill is interesting. I think he's another guy yeah. on here that I'd be spending a decent. Um, by the way, if it's, if it's not, if it kind of was an Puka, obvious option, like just trade value earlier, if Puka is somehow free agent, uh, yeah, he's team. probably just yeah, drop the budget. You're dropping, um, yeah. What else? Uh, I mean, maybe Zach Wilson was available in some dynasty leagues. Um, I yeah, I drop a mm, yeah, I drop budget on Zach Wilson, then I try to trade him for a third. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of others. I like Demario Douglas uh, for the Patriots. I picked him up off the wire uh, waiver wire a couple weeks ago. I was um, thinking about offering a third for him in leagues. Me? Like, do, uh, does that get accepted in any leagues? I think so. I'd probably trade him for a third. If you want to get that done? <laughs> um, look, I like him, but it's I don't know. <laughs> I like thirds too. Um, what else? Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of. I'm going across. Oh, the oh, Adam Troutman. I mean, we can talk oh. about if he's on waivers, like slash a potential trade target for a tiny needy team. I mean, Adam, this might be the year for Adam Troutman. Jake may have just been like two years too early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the it sounds like this Dulcich injury is actually going to last longer than. Yeah, it's, he's going to be out uh, for a bit. I just like the Broncos passing attack is so weird. That yeah, game what, what, what Russ like are we getting? I don't know. Yeah, Russ, yeah. Like, is he? Is he the Raiders won, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 17-16. Russ had, like, a good first half. He had 150. I, I remember seeing this. He had, like, 150 passing yards at halftime. He finished with 179 for the game. <laughs> um, it's just It was just weird. I don't know. I, I feel like... Uh, Russ just might be done. Judy, I feel comfortable starting. No one really else on that offense, receiving wise. <laughs> Did y'all see that? Uh, the Antonio Brown interview. That was so <laughs> fucking funny. No, wait, I don't know if I know this. <laughs> like, they started the game with an onside. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, dude, you're starting off the season with onside kick. Like, you guys are a bunch of fucking clowns. You're trash. Like, you're the trash organization. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and like, honestly, that is so funny. Antonio, because it's like a hilariously like kind of good take. It's like dude, you start the season off with outside kick. JT, it I'll is kind of hard. I'll send it to you after this. Yeah, no, that video is clear. How can you think? How can you think Nathaniel Hackett feels right now uh, with Broncos losing to the Raiders and the Jets beating the Bills? Um, probably pretty. I mean, if the, well, that's I mean, if he, he's, yeah, if he's not crying, crying in a closet. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Um, I, I think, I mean, this isn't really trauma, just the Broncos. I think Kyler Murray's a Bronco. I think the writing's on the wall. You think Kyler Murray's a Bronco? Interesting. I don't think they're trading Kyler Murray, dude. If you if you get the yeah, chance for Caleb. If, you, if you're staring Caleb Williams in the face. Yeah, I th- look, I, I really like Kyler Murray. Like, I think I, I do, too. Good. I think Kyler's a but, stud. But, it's but like, if I could get Caleb Williams Caleb. on a rookie contract and I could trade Kyler Murray for a haul as well. like Yeah, I was going to say, you're still going to get good value for Kyler. Yeah. I at that point I just run two quarterbacks on the field. Made <laughs> a Frank out here. Two quarterback system. system. If it's anything other than the number one pick, I would keep Kyler. But if it's Caleb Williams, so like Drake May, for example, you're like no. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping Kyler. I'm keeping Kyler, and I would trade the pick if yeah. I had like two or three or something. But Caleb Williams, if he's there, like you have to take him. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, any, anything else, you guys? Uh, yeah, I wanted. I should have included him in a beta. Great, Rashid Shahid. Great, 
I've yeah, seen it. I've seen it before. Is he I'm saying be it now. Like, do you guys think like number two receiver on that offense over Michael Thomas? I trade um, for him. You would trade a first for him? No, but he's he's amazing. <laughs> Rashid Shaheed had the what they dubbed the profiler racing uh, PFF receiving score. Him and Jalen Naylor, except Jalen Naylor didn't have enough. Um, what's it called? Opportunity. Yeah, for that to be technical. Uh, Rashid Shaheed, though, he did. He's still oh. good. The problem is though, like, uh, and this is a debate I've seen in the interwebs. Um, Rashid Shaheed or Puka. Because they're both very intriguing. Ooh, that's plays. a good question. They're both very like Rashid Shaheed just put up, I think, sixteen points. Give me, uh, give me Puka. PPR. I think yeah. I would take. I that's think, the thing. Puka is just like you I have that magic thing. Rashid Shaheed. Okay. I don't know. He's, 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 he seems he's like a safer gamer. play because he's just done it. Because like, he, he, was, he was doing well. Like this, this isn't like a one week thing. So should I? Oh, you, the league I want. Oh, god dang it! The what, league I have the all most, my seconds. Most, I already have Puka Nakua. <laughs> I was like, should I trade a second trading, for him? <laughs> what's the most you're trading for Rashid Shahid? Like, if you wanted to buy him, like what, like a mid second? I like listen. If if you really want to buy him, a late second, like that might late get second? done in some leagues. I have him in our home league. I wouldn't trade him for a late second. Really? Yeah. You'd want what, like a mid early? Yeah. Like two hundred four, two hundred five. And then Puka, I just offered a second and a third for. So yeah. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted to give him a shout out. But yeah, uh, I think that is it for season four, episode one. So I'll let you close this out here, Frank. It's kind of you. Yep, made it this far. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next Tuesday. Peace out. See you guys. Thanks, everyone.